0: First off, yes. I feel like I should preface in this beginning, this cold open that we love to do, that uh, hot the, today. the lovely uh, uh, utopian paradise lost type lunch lady voice that everyone's going to hear today oh, is yeah, the product wrong, of laryngitis. Wasn't it laryngitis? I am not, in fact, I'm still Kevin Miner. I'm not, in fact, Dolores Dolores. Your beloved lunch lady of years Dolores past.
1: Dolores is here. Although I
0: may sound like it, I'm just I'm on the upswing from it. I had no voice on Tuesday. I had no voice. <laughs> I remember it was the worst. It's I, Like the one dude, day you didn't call me. <laughs> I was living like okay. You remember the <laughs> Twilight Zone? Yeah, of course. Remember the episode with the guy who just wants to be left alone to read, and then he breaks his glasses.
1: Oh yeah, Futurama did the spinoff where, or like the the parody where he loses everything. Yeah.
0: I had I had that. Like experiences, like in the past couple weeks, in that I got I got like the lead role in a musical, and then immediately lost my voice. Like just like like I, I love the there's a comedian I forget who it is, but he's like, he was like the Twilight Zone should just be called Nice Try Asshole. Like oh it's uh Chris Chris Hardwick. He's like the oh, Twilight okay, yeah. Zone should just be called Nice Try Asshole because it's like it's like I just want to be alone and read. Up oh, your glasses are broke. Nice try asshole. Like you know like. I just want to take a plane in peace. Oh, there's a gremlin on the wing. Nice try, asshole. Like, and for me, it was like it was like I just want to get back in a musical theater. And it was like, cool, you're gonna be Gomez Adams this fall, but you're gonna lose your voice next week. Nice try, asshole. Um, Right? Yeah, (laughs) that's what it felt like.
1: Because last week we were supposed to come back.
0: Yes, we were. And then I had no voice last week. Yeah, it's this has been a battle, man. But I, I've been on like cough drops and just everything getting into this um and then like so because because of last week now we can't even talk about like uh, we we missed the opportunity the, Barbenheimer. The hype's already gone for Barbenheimer. but there's a better it's movie gone. to talk
1: about there's a better it movie came to talk and about. went With, oh better that's movie. great i can't wait i can't wait to uh, tell you about it
0: i can't wait to hear about it uh okay so hold on okay let's 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 chat just a little bit more let's catch each other up right on um, what it's well i have more news for you
1: Um, Kevin's got some news.
0: Wow, I hate this season already. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's the beginning. That's where we go. All right,
1: are you ready to clap? Yes.
0: If we can actually clap on time every episode this season, just like we did last season, just yeah. Like I mean, we did what, what do you mean zero. this time?
1: It's every time.
0: All right, ready? Three, two, one. Great job. That, that, that sounded close. We are on point. Welcome back to the Unpop Podcast. My name is Dolores, aka <laughs> Kevin Miner. I am the captain of this cafeteria, and my chef. With me, I, I forgot he him. Uh, my chef, with me as always, is
1: Odie the Bear Matthews. They them the wow. chef. Wow, that's a reference for you.
0: You're Odie <laughs> Fack Matthews. That's what oh, you. Are. Hell yeah, I yeah, love Matty Matthews. Because if, if I'm if I'm if I'm the captain, then I'm the bear.
1: You're not I'm as the mean bear. as him, though. You're not as mean as Carme.
0: No, you know what's actually really sad about that show uh, is when when he gets to talking about his brother. I was like, I was like, Oh shit. That's a lot of like what my personality was like when I was like drinking too much was I was mm. like the guy who would come in like, and I would like brighten up a room. But then I, I feel like he would, I feel like when I left, like people were like, yeah, he was like really excited and he made us all feel good. But does he actually like any of us? Like, do we know anything about this guy? Like, was it all yeah. show? What I do want to talk
1: yeah. about the bear, but let's I save that too. for the jam section.
0: Uh, all right, cool. Yeah, I, it, Here's how I want to start off this podcast this week. Lay it is, on me, Kevin. Look, in, in a world where Battlestar Galactica reboot Cheetos exist, and what? all of society... Now nah, I'm just making shit oh, up. Like, and, and all of society what? is just this giant... Dude, there's so many moments where, like, I feel like society is just this giant solipsistic m- machine at this point. Like, at least pop culture and, like, the way that information is spread. Like... Um, I watched a video on it, and like, uh, somebody did a breakdown of it. They they call it sludge content. Like, like Ooh, you can't like people like don't that. just consume one thing anymore, right? It's like it's like you have like. You've got like a show going in the background, but you're like maybe reading like a news article or and you don't weird. know whether or not it's real. Yeah, and TikTok's running next to you and there's some fucking commentators like on YouTube who are talking about a puppet video that's making fun of Peppa Pig, <laughs> but it's sponsored by like fucking NordVPN. Doritos. Yeah, or like Nord- everything's sponsored by NordVPN. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many things that are sponsored by NordVPN that I'm like, how how is NordVPN not the bad guy at this point? Do are they <laughs> not the the secret cabal that's actually taking all of your information?
1: Like that's I what I think them it is. At this about point. a sponsorship? Did you? <laughs> I, I emailed them literally a couple days ago, so I'll let you know next episode. Look into say. that. Um, I've been looking into sponsorships for my YouTube channel. I got my first ever sponsorship for a video coming up very soon, so I'm super yeah. stoked about that.
0: Wait, hold on. Let's let's do this. I want you to say that again, and I'm gonna play the party time music, cause I love party time music. (laughs) Why don't I just sing some more? Uh, No, just announce, just announce that you have a sponsorship.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll just announce. If it.
0: you must, Odie. I, I know, but I did get. Yeah, I got Go my ahead, first sing ever your sponsorship.
1: First ever paid sponsorship. Woo! Pick me up this pair. yeah, everybody. He's got the this paid might, sponsorship. This might not. This singing thing you know, might not last much longer. No, I, I don't think it will. I hope. Yeah, me, yeah. I hope my Ron
0: Perlman impression eventually stops. Like, yeah, me too. This, is, this would be great. You know, what's great. I was gonna come in and be like, you know, Ron Perlman and I were hanging out. This actually isn't. This is a vocal technique. He's adapted over the years. He taught it to me. He taught me how to speak like this. He taught me. You know, Ron Perlman also moody protagonist. uh,
1: I like his approach to this strike where he just got on. It was like TikTok or Instagram or whatever. Made a video and he was like, "Oh, you you want to cost people your like their houses, motherfucker? Yeah, karma's a bitch." And like he basically just threatened these CEOs that are worth billions. Yeah, he was like, "He's like, like, we're gonna come burn your houses."
0: Yeah, fuck that. Real life
1: fuck, Hellboy, baby. Fuck that shit. Uh, let's yeah, let's get that. into this
0: real quick. In, let's do it. In a world where a a content drought of mm. uh, and let me put it this way, in a world where peak creative content drought is on the horizon, what do we have to look forward to, uh, mm. entertainment-wise? What do you think? What do you think's going to happen? Let's do uh, mm. here. Ready? I'm gonna, I'm going to get in on your bit, Odie. 2024 predictions yeah Yeah, there it is all right cool all right 2024 (laughs) predictions what do you think 2024 is going to look like content wise uh let's do wrong answers only first and then we'll and then we'll actually talk about it
1: well yeah because i actually do like as somebody in the movie realm i have some some thoughts but you um, have somebody in the movie realm I what am. is what is this like? What I said, what? I said as somebody what? in in the movie realm because <laughs> oh I'm getting ready to your, make one. Odie's
0: in the movie realm.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll admit it. Right. But uh, just as well, I mean, I think honestly, next year DC is going to make two billion dollars off of one movie. Marvel is going to come back and blow us away. And then I also think that we're just gonna get every studio is gonna make their own superhero and next year superhero fatigue is gonna be over and we're just gonna get tons every week a new superhero movie. That's, That's what amazing. I think next I year. And I love happens. that. I cannot that wait to watch Superman yeah. fight Batman eighteen different times next year. That's gonna be great.
0: I, I think there's just gonna be like fifteen different versions of ninety day fiance, right? Okay. But it's just like, gonna it's gonna be like the it's love gonna is is be death. like it's like the 90 Day Fiance crossover <laughs> future, where like it's like toddlers in tiaras, but it's also 90 Day Fiance. Which like, studio exec is gonna get married to little Gabriella? Like, it's like oh it's my god! Just, <laughs> like, no, that's where we're going, man. People
1: it's just like 90 Day Blind Fiance. <laughs> 90, yeah, ninety day blind 90 day fiance. Big brother blind fiance. In the finale, in the, in
0: the finale of ninety day big brother <laughs> blind fiance, someone's going to jail because it turns out they've been a pedo this entire time. Like <laughs> that's
1: David Hanson just shows up and is like, "Hey guys, up. hey, what's up? How's it uh, going?" I. Uh, but no, if I'm being serious about next year, because yeah. um, obviously we both listen to a mutual podcast, the Weekly Planet. But outside yes. of that, um, yes, I've just been. Listening to a lot of different podcasts and interviews and people having conversations around it because, you know, I care a lot about this industry. I love this industry. Yeah. And I think that, unfortunately, we're going to see a lot of similar results as the last writer strike. I think yeah. that, unfortunately, a lot of good TV shows are going to probably get canceled no matter how well they've done because that's just what happens. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of movies that, unfortunately, things like Dune Part Two, which is supposed to come out this fall, could get pushed an entire year, which will really hurt that movie because the first one underperformed. There's already been a gap. So, the longer that these movies get pushed out, which Marvel, DC, Warner Brothers, all the studios have talked about just starting to move movies. And we kind of saw this problem this year before the strike where, and I don't know, like maybe not so much for you, but like if you look at the release schedule from pretty much March until December of 2023. Almost every single weekend. And I'm about to talk about four movies I saw over the course of a week and a half. There's a big blockbuster coming out every single weekend. And it kind of worked with like Barbie and Oppenheimer where people could go see like two. But for the most part, you had a big movie like every weekend. And people were like, I'm just not going to go see these every weekend. And then if all these movies get pushed to next year, it's going to be the same thing. And on top of that. The studios are going to learn the, the wrong lesson from Barbie and, Oppen- and Oppenheimer. They're going to think that, oh, if we put like a a really like gritty, dark movie with a really upbeat, fun movie. Then yeah. those will go really well together on the block on the box office. And that's just not the case. The reason Barbie and Oppenheimer works is because they're both incredibly large cultural movie staples. Yeah. One is just an incredible, empowering Just one of the best movies I've seen in a really long time. And then the other one's Oppenheimer. Yeah. (laughs) So,
0: yeah, that's what I think. I think a really nice unforeseen side effect that not a lot of people are talking about because I've been, I very closely have been paying attention to A24 and their. I love A24. I think A24 is actually going to have a lot of domineering. not not even just movies but out of them like the the term that we now have for it right uh is content like that's what it is in like this post postmodern modern era of and ent- info and entertainment you know um but i think a24 because they're they were just like oh what do, what do people want cool yeah we'll just pay them i th- yeah. a24 is continuing and so yeah, what's going to end up happening is the the discourse around. Uh, entertainment and specifically I think in, in the movie realm in the longer form let's call it long form entertainment at this point right mm-hmm. because like you have short form entertainment which I I would categorize anything from like video essays to tv shows that are up to yeah. and or under a, about an hour right yeah. that's that's kind of like say, short form now is yeah. anywhere from like 10 minutes to an hour five minutes to an hour really yeah like well, youtube and then you have to micro like 45 minute tv shows yeah and then you have micro yeah. entertainment which is Like, probably the worst thing that's ever happened to human civilization. Well, I mean, really, like, if we're being real, let's break it down. It started with Vine. And Vine was super entertaining. But it, it was only entertaining in that it was its own thing, right? And even Vine, like... I don't think people were, like, as addicted to technology as we are now and as addicted to social media as we are now. So, like, Vine, like, you would get on, and it's not like you would doom scroll. Like, you would just... No, six-second videos. And we have these terms now. We have binge watch, binge scroll, binge... Like, people binge consumption. They only binge consumption. And so I think long-form entertainment, which is, like, it's becoming more of an artisanal, art style something that's more curated than ever before at least on the more independent side of it and i know a24 is kind of like they're on the verge of being less of an independent thing you know it's like yeah. the lumineers when they blew up like so it's like this, blumhouse this, yeah so this long form or even bad robot right so this yeah. long well, that's,
1: form. that's jj abrams though well, that's a big big company
0: but it didn't start that
1: way well. oh yeah it started yeah. small and then it yeah yeah, yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah.
0: so like as as they're they're approaching this like uh, that that curated style of long form entertainment, I think, is going to be dominated by the people who made the right moves during mm-hmm. this writer strike. A twenty four, just being one example. I don't yep. have any others because, like, it's not like I'm like perusing the internet looking for info do, on this. But, but, but yeah, okay, great. <laughs> I, I well, yourself. that's good. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, I think that's going to be a really nice side effect. Like, I'm I'm trying yeah. to be an optimist about this. You know, one hundred percent. And, you know, going back to how season zero began for us, like mm. the world is absurd. Like this is just <laughs> where we're at. And I think the more we embrace it, the more like we answer absurdity with absurdity, the better mm-hmm. off we are in so far as entertainment is consumed or er, er, con- concerned, uh, the more we answer that with absurdity. Like I think, uh, you know, you're going to get into it in a moment, but like the Barbenheimer moment oh, yeah. of culture First off, let's be real. It was more of a Barbie moment.
1: Oh, Barbie outperformed it like by three times.
0: Secondly, yeah, yeah. Everybody called it Barbenheimer. But like really,
1: like it was Barbie Oppenheimer, and Oppenheimer
0: Oppenheimer. is like an art house expose about on American like industrial military complex. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah, Not my favorite. Whatever, um, but like ultimately, it was really more of a Barbie moment, and Oppenheimer kind of hopped on as a backpack <laughs> and underperformed. Um, but this is this is where we're at, and this has well, been happening for a long time. Like I remember when I first started really like disliking social media, and I've kind of come around to the point where I'm like, okay i i really didn't like it i took long breaks from it i i created a healthier relationship with it and now that i'm back around to it and i kind of see it more for what it is like this it's just it's another form of consumption and it's not a very meaningful form of communication and some people might i i think actually not some people might a lot of people do go but i've just had like How often do you hear, I just have Facebook because that's how I keep in touch with people that I don't have touch with a lot. And it's like, do you though? Well, one, one. Bullshit. Call him bullshit. I'm 100%. I'm going to call bullshit anytime anybody says that. Unless they're like 70 years old. Because then the only people in your life are people you have distant contact with. Because you're in the the aging form of adulthood where you're like at the end and you want to keep in touch. Right? But then like even then you end up like my grandma who's like just sending me every once in a while like a meme. And she doesn't know that it's called a meme. So I say nice (laughs) meme grandma. And she's like what's that? Anyway. But like (laughs) – but first, like, Love so, that. like, so, you know, people people are saying, like, that they just have this for, but it's not a meaningful form of communication. Like, people are saying that they're using it for meaningful communication, but they're not. No. Right? I watch it on a day-to-day basis, and the people who are on it more are less happy. And so the best way to approach media, entertainment, consumption, anything like that, and this is something that you'll probably hear more from me, and I'll develop more because I'm actually developing it, I'm not just doing it for this, but, like, mm-hmm. as season one continues, you'll probably hear more from me, discipline is, like, the one thing... Discipline and regimen are, like, are actually absurd now, like, in that they're so... Uh, it, the, the examples of uh, discipline, and not only that, but, like, what some people would consider, I wouldn't consider it this, but some people would consider it extreme discipline, right, And Regimen are so absurd in answer. They're almost counterculture. At this point to be disciplined and regimen is almost counterculture because everything is impulsive. Everything is in the moment. Everything is a trend. Everything that comes forward is a thing that like 5 million people do. A bunch of people hop on to get the views that they need to continue their social media platform. And then we just move on to the next thing. And it creates this form. And I talked about this in episode episode zero of season zero. It like it creates this form of cultural schizophrenia that we're just living in, and so like the most absurd absurd thing that you can do now is to have discipline and to have regimen and to have like actual, <laughs> not not in just a therapist speak sense, but like healthy boundaries mm. with entertainment and media and just interaction in general.
1: Well, we've had this conversation. <clears throat> excuse me. We actually, I mean, you and I just talked about this y- yesterday. I mean, literally. You know, I said besides the the movies I went to the theaters to see because that's a, that's an experience for me. You know, like that's a that's an event. That's a way to get out of the house. Yeah. Um, besides that, like I'm watching The Bear, which I only started watching because you and my other friend Mark were like, hey, you worked in the restaurant industry. Oh, my God. Oh, then you, then you were a cook. Crushed you it. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this entire show in like three days. And now I'm rewatching it because Goose walked in on like. Uh, episode six of season two, the really long flashback to where like all the I'm char- no spoilers, but like all the characters I, are there. I haven't seen it yet. Never mind. Anyway, yeah, seen I'm it rewatching yet. it again. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, like I think you're right. I think that when it comes to the Barbie Oppenheimer thing, Oppenheimer did well and it and it it didn't it underperform. Did. It it did it did pretty well for Christopher Nolan thing. But I want to start with that real quick because I want to get Oppenheimer out of the way because Hit said me. You said you were going to see it, because back last season, we went over, like, movies that were coming out this year. Yes. And you said you were going to see Oppenheimer. I said I might, but I probably wouldn't. I did not go see Oppenheimer, and I'm not going to see it in theaters, and here is why. And I know I'm going to be in the minority on this. Oh, hit me. Hear me out. Yeah. I love Christopher Nolan. Yeah. I love everything about this movie. I love the cast. I love the direction. I love the cinematographer. I love the style, the aesthetic. My problem is, from what I can tell... This movie, let me back up. This movie's perspective is through Oppenheimer's perspective, right? So there's things that are, that happen in the movie, apparently, like the bomb test site. They kick out the natives, right? But they don't mention yeah. that in the movie. Um, they don't mention a lot of the atrocities that happen because it's all supposed to be through Oppenheimer's perspective. Yeah. My problem with that is from what I can tell from people that I know personally that have seen this movie is that all this movie really does at the end of the day is paint Oppenheimer like a victim. And hear me out. Here's my problem with this. Okay. As smart as this man was, you cannot sit here and honestly tell me if the U.S. government in the time of war came to you and said, hey, we want to make this super weapon a bomb to blow away our enemy. You cannot sit there and go, well, I didn't think they weren't going to use it. What is the point of building a bomb? Because here's the thing. This movie shows Oppenheimer as like He's being glorified as, like, creating this bomb to end the war, and yeah. he's being shown as this person in the end that's like, oh, I didn't know they were going to do that. Oh, my God. They used my creation to kill innocent. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? If someone came to you and was like, hey, build me a custom race car because you're the best mechanic in the world, do you think they're just not going to fucking drive it? Uh, Well, okay.
0: Allow me to to answer that. I I understand your perspective. But in in an era where and this is the 1940s in an era where the only form of mass media touted propaganda that glorified your country right and did de- and demonized anybody against it i would say that his his perspective shift over time and the realization That may have come for him as a person came much later than you or I would have had it like we don't we don't consider the luxury of fast information that we have today because information back then was so slow and perspectives were so different and I'm not saying it's a different time I'm saying literally they knew less so like he might have actually been like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna invent this thing. Hopefully we never need to use it, but, but that's the U.S. My needs something to defend itself. But, but the movie doesn't And I, doesn't I get do that. that that's your problem, but the movie
1: only shows.
0: Well, let's let's see it first before we say the movie only. Right. Well,
1: I mean, let's I, form I,
0: our I, own perspective.
1: Okay, but here's the thing, and and this is this is ultimately where like where my point comes in. Okay. I know that there's things that happened in history that Christopher Nolan left out that should have been included. Things like displacing the natives on the bomb testing site. And the reason that they didn't do it is is like, well, through Oppenheimer's perspective, he wouldn't have known about that. He wouldn't have cared. Okay, and that's fine. But let's if we're going to make a movie about a man who created a bomb and killed a lot of people and like displaced people on American soil in order to make this bomb, maybe just fucking maybe Christopher Nolan. In a time where that is kind of important, maybe a throwaway line, a line or anything to kind of show the other side. Because from what I can tell, and I will see it, and maybe when I see it, when it comes out to streaming, my opinion will change. But from what I've heard and what I can tell and reviews and movies and videos I've seen about it it only shows you Oppenheimer's perspective and it makes you supposed to feel kind of bad for him. And I don't want to feel bad for somebody like that.
0: You're saying that you think from what you've heard that the messaging is wrong and maybe irresponsible.
1: Yes. I think that the movie could be really good, but yeah, it's, it, it goes back to kind of, and this is a lesser example, but it kind of goes back to like the Peter Pan thing, right? Like, you had Native American representation in the original cartoon, and then your answer for the remake is to just get rid of them all together. It's just no, a weird way to approach it. No, they didn't get rid of
0: them. They were in it, man. For, like, one scene. <laughs> That's all they needed because the rest of the original was, like, super racist. But you, know, like, what, but, but, yeah, but you I, know where I'm going, OD, right? Like, I'm act- well, I'm actually going to argue on that. I think that was actually really <laughs> well handled because they had okay. them actually speaking Native American. And although it was a little bit ridiculous, they were like, all right, how do we incorporate Princess Tiger Lily, who is a named character in the story, without – like?" paying homage to all of like, cause literally the, it's a bunch of kids in the original going, We're off to fight the engines, the inches. It's super racist. So like what they did now was they gave her a little more agency. She shows up. She's the only named character of that tribe that like super matters to the plot. She shows up and helps Peter. And then P- it's Peter Pan and Wendy, not Peter Pan and tiger Lily. And oh, then I she's know. even at the end. She like waves goodbye to them. I was like, okay, That's probably the best that you could have done. And going back to like you and I have kind of talked about this before as a creator, if a studio comes to you and they're like, we want you to redo this story and you're watching it and you're like, oh, this is super racist. This is from like, this is from (laughs) old world Disney where they didn't hide the racism. (laughs) This is new world Disney. Now we, how do, how do we scrub it a little bit? I mean, it's a little bit of a palimpsest, right? You're kind of erasing the history that was there. Um, and I think this is okay in entertainment. Like, yeah, erase the history that was there a little bit. Tell something different. When it comes to Oppenheimer, completely different idea, right? Because you're right.
1: Yeah. They should, uh, maybe I, yeah, they should example's at least off.
0: mention it. But, yeah, like when it comes to, like, redoing things and doing them a little bit better, I think as far as Peter Pan and Wendy goes, like, they actually did okay, a that job. Okay, that was a bad bad example on my part. Okay, let me think, they,
1: think they of another they did a good one. job. Yeah, okay. Well, I haven't seen it, but. You I, haven't I my... seen it? Peter Pan. Why would I watch Peter Pan and fucking Wendy, dude? Why I'm not are you? Why are you coming in with this
0: super strong opinion
1: f- about things you haven't seen? It was li- okay. You're- well, for one, that's not really an opinion. If I saw if there's video essays and people talking about how it's kind but of that means that you're
0: just coming in with the opinion from the video essay without actually doing any research and like watching it yourself and formulating an opinion. Going okay, let's consider this perspective and my own like i'm, I'm just saying i'm just saying like i don't
1: think you really need to have a i don't think you really need to consume content if the message of the content is pretty clear like with oppenheimer well, like, the, the message is pretty clear like people said hey they left important details out you don't have yeah, to see the movie to be like hey those details should be in there
0: well, no. I also – I don't think that you have time for all the details in a movie. Like, I, I'm going to – like, I'm not even just playing devil's advocate here. I actually think, like, I might watch Oppenheimer and be like, that was three hours and they got in everything that they possibly could. And if this opens up – and this is me being an optimist again and maybe a little mm-hmm. absurd, but, like, if it opens up the conversation of, like, hey, like, native people were actually pushed off of that land, I think that that's a good thing anyway already. Like, but I think if it opens that. up the conversation Because we have a different perspective Than like if Oppenheimer was made In any like 90s 80s 70s right if a movie like Oppenheimer Was made it would be made And it was made the same way that it was made today Like people wouldn't even Have the conversation about the Native Americans So I think that that's actually like It's a comment upon how far we've Come personally outside of the Realm of entertainment That like that conversation opens up at all You know, so like I think that that it's it's doing a good thing in that like we're having the conversation should things like that be included. I think that's up to like the writer or director. Well, here's the thing about
1: that. Right. So let let me let me let me let me piggyback on your whole we're having the conversation hit me with an average person that just goes to the movies and watches a movie and maybe doesn't Google the person or knows anything about the person because I would say that the average person especially if this when this movie was released overseas does not know the story of Oppenheimer right no. the only reason the only reason i know that people were displaced in the land is because i looked up and did some research on Oppenheimer when i first saw the trailer there is okay. a lot of people out there that would not and will not know that because that conversation isn't happening. We're having that conversation because we know about it. Yeah. But the thing is, is we already know about it. So that's why we're having the conversation. Yeah, There's not a lot of people out there that know that that happened and know that it's not in the movie. So that conversation isn't happening. In my opinion, and I'm not saying that Oppenheimer is a bad movie. Again, I still want to see it. Yeah, I just think that if you're going to make a movie like that, and I'll admit my Peter Pan thing, bad example, but when it comes to Oppenheimer, if you're going to make a movie about that with that kind of plot and that kind of message, which yes, I do feel like telling that story of the bomb creation and how America went about it, because it does paint America as the villain, because there's scenes in that movie where people, you know, I mean, they some people cheered when the bombs went off some people said they wanted to drop them other places i mean one guy wanted to drop mm-hmm. it on like tokyo but was like no i've been there before so i don't want to drop it on tokyo and it really like shows that no matter what the u.s wanted to drop this bomb like they wanted to drop the bomb like it's a well it's, we know it's horrible. That
0: now but like once again nobody in like like people we didn't know that the lusitania was a false flag attack until like decades later right so I'm just saying the cultural awareness and maybe and this is what I'll I'll add to this is maybe like maybe the lens in which they're painting the events that happened and whatnot um the like maybe just maybe um the sorry I was just thrown off um
1: well, let me just finish up my thought real quick because okay, yeah, yeah, where right. I'm leading with this is, is just basically I think that a movie like this could be done really well. I think that if you're going to make a movie like this about somebody who started you know, our our nuclear fucking fallout holocaust that we're you know, on the precipice of being on and everything and have been for a really long time, mm-hmm. I don't think you should paint him completely as a victim. I don't think you should paint him as somebody the entire time that is like – A good guy or, you know, I don't think you should paint him in a way where you feel sorry for him. I feel like you should tell the story the way it's supposed to be told and include things like what went wrong, the bad aspects. If you're going to include some of the bad aspects, like what I'm saying with showing America just wanting to drop this bomb because they created it, then why not also show the people who were forced off their land because of the testing? Why not show the people in Japan after the you know, I mean, like, I think that this movie what's missing for me in this movie and like I said I'm still going to see it because I'm still interested but I feel yeah. like they went almost all the way around on showing all of the bad but then stopped just short on some of the areas that I think really matter and that's ultimately my point I don't think that it's bad I think that they do from what I can tell and again we'll find out when we watch it maybe this will be the movie we watch together you know yeah maybe I think I, I think would... that it I think ultimately it's it's probably a good movie and it has a probably a good message, but from yeah. what I've heard and from what I know about Oppenheimer, I feel like a little distasteful in some areas. But I'll find out. I'll find out.
0: Yeah, I would actually say it it my to you, like on a friend to friend level, what I would say is like if you watch video essays and the conversation around it is all the things that were missed, you should one hundred percent still watch it with a critical oh, yeah. lens right so like for me i and i'm not one of those like i see all sides type thing like i'll probably watch it and go oh yeah they skipped some really important details and that happens a lot but ultimately maybe and this is like maybe that's because there's a different movie that needs to be made that highlights that
1: right yeah i mean like again i love christopher nolan and yeah. I love this cast. I love Robert Downey Jr. I love Matt Damon. I love Celine Murphy and I love like I love I, I love Florence Pugh. Everybody in this movie is great. And I am interested in it. But I'm 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 going in with a critical wins for sure, but I have a feeling I could be wrong. But I'm going to say it now. And this is the last I'm going to say about Oppenheimer. I have a feeling that my opinion's not going to change that much.
0: Maybe. I don't know, man. Um, we'll see.
1: Yeah, we will. We shall see. But would, what my opinion will not change on is Barbie. Yeah. So real quick. All right. I don't, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Have you seen Barbie yet?
0: I have not. Feel free to give me the rundown because you know how I am. I'm going to watch it anyway at some point. Yeah.
1: I yeah. want to keep it brief because this isn't really my movie to talk about. Um. I just, I, I stand by that this movie is a great, great, incredible representation of not only like, what women go through, which is why I don't feel like I can completely talk on it because the messaging is more for them. But there's also, there's also aspects of this movie that touch on like men that don't have a purpose and just kind of follow the status quo. And I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil anything, but ultimately if you've heard that people say things about this movie, like, Oh, it's going to, it's, it's it's a feminist propaganda. Oh my God. It's going to make your dad look like a little bitch. You know, like all the right wing talking points that have come out about this movie, about it being like feminist propaganda and like, it's so woke and everything. The message at the end of the day of Barbie is basically like, again, I don't really want to spoil much, but like, it just has this like really empowering message of like, what it's like to be a woman, and what it's like to live in a patriarchy because I don't care who you are and you can fight me as much as you want. That's what America is. Yeah. Plain and fucking simple. Mm -hmm. And this movie does a great job of showing how fucking stupid that is. Okay. I mean, I I I like like
0: it. it. I like that idea.
1: But it also shows, you know what it's like to be a woman, like what it's like to be empowered, what it's like to have purpose, what it's like to stand up and be your own person. And then they also have subtle messages about the Kins because the Kins are just there for the Barbies and they don't have their own like goal. Like you see in the trailers where Kins like, worn by Ryan Gosling is like, my job is beach, just beach. That's his job because Ken was an afterthought for Barbie. And yeah. it's just, look, at the end of the day, I'm probably not doing a great job of, of describing it, but it's just, it is it is literally just a beautiful movie. It it is cool. it is it is so 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 fantastic. It doesn't matter if you're straight, bi, gay, trans, non-binary. It doesn't matter. There, this movie is for yeah. I, I truly believe this movie is for everybody in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. I have a feeling uh when I when I watch it I'm probably going to end up having a similar re- i have a feeling I, i'm not going to commit to this but i feel like mm. i'm gonna have a similar reaction that i had to like black panther because like i was real mm. hyped on black panther and everybody was like it's the first black superhero and i'm like I, like mainstream real big like and as a kid i was like nah i remember like blank man being really cool to me and like a bunch of Static other stuff, right? uh, what? static shock well yeah i remember like a lot of like as a kid so like you know for me i was like okay but i also i get like it's the first like mainstream marvel black suit and not only that i was real hyped on black panther after civil war anyway i was like this is is martin Freeman's character. because you love martin freeman yeah i can't wait Mm -hmm. to like get more into this uh (laughs) martin freeman's the best um yeah no he's not but yeah no but uh but no and then like when i went and i watched it in theaters i'm like i think this movie's conflicted on its messaging Like I think I think movies like Black Panther and like Barbie get so wrapped up in the message that could be sent that they create these little like logical loopholes that exist in the messaging or rather uh, I would call them inherent contradictions. So like Black Panther it's like it's all about you know black people being oppressed and like and this is this is our first film and it's, it's it's all about you know black people supporting each other and then. What happens is Black Panther's dad murders Killmonger's dad. Killmonger essentially engages on a revenge plot, but his revenge is I'm going to arm all of the oppressed peoples of the world. And the Black Panther, who is a literal king, says, no, you know what? I don't like the fact that you're arming, you know, in the whole movie, he's like, he's like, do I, how do I balance being a warrior and a king? Do I, do I fight people or do I actually behave like a king and have benevolence? And like the whole film, he never learns any benevolence. Like never, not even once does he learn. I don't remember much about there's never any approach to Killmonger of like, like in the moment where he could actually finally, like maybe just disable Killmonger and like capture him and like, Try to rehabilitate him and send a better message, right? And then like uh, he, he's like, no, nah, you know what? Actually, me and all of the people are going to work together to kill you so that you can't arm the oppressed peoples of the world. Uh, good luck. I'm still the king. Even though you beat me in combat, I didn't actually die, and someone else saved me, so I'm back, and I'm the king, and I win. And like I was like, this is... Yeah, but I was like, this is fucked up. And this is, you know, once again, this is like a, it's a property movie. It's a franchise movie. And mm-hmm. going back to, like, the absurdity of it, I ended up, I left Black Panther and I was like, I think Killmonger was the good guy. I like, think as, as so. a person who exists in a society where, like, oppression comes from what seems to be, a, you know, an overpowered source that controls resources. I was like, I think Killmonger, who was trying to distribute those resources a little more evenly, might have been the good guy although he was going about it responsibly making him an anti-hero i think he's the actual hero of the film and then in barbie once again a franchise property that's probably going to send a lot of messages it might end up being so about its message of like equality and freedom and like female empowerment that it ends up kind of like putting its own little plastic doll foot in its own mouth also i I don't think so feet in this film (laughs) that's fine i i will let you know there's not a lot of feet i see it it.
1: there's not a lot of feet in this movie that's that's a lot of no i'm just kidding no Uh, i i can see where you're coming from with that yeah and and i don't remember much about black panther so i i don't i don't i just don't remember much about that movie it was like five years ago but i will say with barbie i don't think it does that because the way that the message is sprinkled in it's literally from start to finish it's just like here here's a little bit here's a little bit here's a little bit oh you think it's going like Quite literally, the way you think that this movie's going to go about like 30 minutes in, it mm-hmm. then does this really fucking awesome hard right pivot into what it's actually trying to do. And the trailers didn't give any of that away. And the way that it like kind of does the message is little here it is, here it is, here's a little bit more. And then like at the end, it kind of wraps it up and you're like, oh, shit, like this is what it was all kind of about. And what I like about Barbie is there's not like one, there is like one big message, but there's also a lot of little messages. Like I said, like the message at the end with the kins and stuff, and which is why I think that if you're an AMAB person and you go in, the kin message might speak to you, and if you're an AFAB person, then maybe the Barbie message might. Or if okay, you're maybe if you're one of those, maybe there's an, like there's a couple other messages in there that might, you know what I mean? Like okay, I I feel like it does a good job, and you just you need to see it. Then we can talk about it. Because I'm gonna honestly, take your word for it. You should. You I'm should a little skeptical because like it's whenever good, man. a movie it's really tries good. to
0: hand out a bu- like a bunch of big messages, I usually kind of leave going, "Huh? Well, how well did that come across, and did everybody get the right message?"
1: I'm curious um, what you'll think about it because yeah. I, I really, I really do stand behind. For one, this is easily in my top three movies this year. But when you yeah. look at the movies that have come out this year, it's not that hard. Um, uh,
0: I think i don't even know what's in the top for me this year. asteroid like, city
1: barbie and uh, across the spider verse top three right there
0: across the spider verse is up there for me but like the more i think back on it the more i'm kind of like oh that was more like uh you know how i was talking about sludge content yeah i feel like across the spider verse is like it's almost like the high watermark of like this overwhelming amount of uh one property you know like and it's oh, something that. that, like, it's something that, like, yeah, it's enjoyable and the movie was pretty good. And I'm looking forward to the third part. But after it's done, I think I'm kind of going to be like, all right, cool. Well, I'm glad that's over. Like, I nice, might have liked TMNT. I,
1: I might have liked the TMNT movie a little bit more. Yeah. Actually, I think I did. I think it would actually be my top three this year so far, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Number three would probably be TMNT. Yeah. Number two would probably be Barbie. Okay. And number one. Would be the Meg to the Trench. Let's talk about the Meg to the Trench, Let's the best movie of the year.
0: Talk about. You know what I did, in <laughs> order to get ready to talk about you the Meg 2? because I've not watched the Meg. Because <gasps> I watched the first ten minutes of the Meg this morning, uh, just
1: the first ten minutes, just what?
0: the first ten, and I got should've everything, everything I needed to know. Okay, that so movie just, telegraphs let everything let that's down. gonna happen. All
1: right, let me run down the first movie. So unironically, all right, I. Let me just let me just paint this picture. Not too long ago, back in season zero, you you love
0: Jason Statham, the lackey bad guy character from Ghosts of Mars. I I
1: know. Okay, Jason Statham. Um, He's just I don't know. There's just something about. I think everybody has a Jason Statham actor where they're like, no matter what movie they're in, even if it's bad, I'm probably gonna watch it because there's just something about him. I yeah, mean,
0: come on. I have I have a couple actors that are like that. Yeah, Jude,
1: Jude exactly. Law, Tom
0: Tom Hardy. Yeah.
1: Yep, Ryan, uh, Ryan Reynolds is one of them for me. Like, I don't, I mean, like, yep. Ryan Reynolds is a good actor, don't get me wrong, yep. but like, he's in a lot of bad movies. Yep. Um, so, The Meg, right, let me just, this is really funny. So, a couple months ago when I was still working at my regular corporate job, I was at a hotel in Iowa, and I was there over the weekend, and I was watching movies. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to watch The Meg. So, I had an edible, and I watched The Meg. And I've seen yeah. The Meg in theaters. And I was yeah. like, wow, like, I really do enjoy this movie because, yes, it's bad. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend the Meg isn't my favorite movie of the year. It's it's bad. But it's one of those movies for me that is so bad that it's, like, kind of fun for me because it's, like, this is ridiculous. Like, there's no such thing as Megalodons in the real – like, not in the real world, but, like, in the present day.
0: Well, it's in a fictional world where exactly. the bottom the, of the, the Marianas v- Trench is actually a, a hyper-dense, hyper-cold gas trench. layer. Yeah. The Mariana Trench is a hyper-dense, hyper-cold – the Marinara Trench is a hyper-dense, (laughs) hyper-cold gas rather than pasta sauce. From the spaghetti. Rather than pasta sauce. And there's a giant spaghetti monster, Megalodon, down (laughs) down
1: there, right? Okay, but that's the thing. There is a spaghetti monster because there's a giant octopus in the second. But the first, right? Of course there's a –
0: why wouldn't there be a giant octopus? Because the Kraken. That's that's the only place to go after the Meg. Wait, does the Kraken (laughs) fight the Meg? Does it fight yes. the Meg? Okay, Does the hold on, Kraken hold on. win? Okay, let me just okay. And then recede so, back <laughs> down into the Marinara trench? Did with I a guess trophy. every part of the movie? No, no, no. Does Not Jason even close. Statham jump over the Meg with a jet ski?
1: No. no. Kinda. But okay, so I watched the first Meg in the in the hotel a few months ago, right? Okay. And then back during season zero, when I was watching all those Jason Statham movies, yep. I watched it again. Okay. And then a couple, like a week ago, I watched The Weekly Planet's Caravan of Garbage on the Meg. And then okay. I also watched A Kill Count on the Meg. So I've been watching a lot of Meg content. Now, okay. let me just say this. Not only do I have thalassophobia, but I also pretty much would have aquaphobia. I don't like going in any body of water that's bigger than a small lake. And even then, lakes wow. still freak me the fuck out. Really? I barely like going in pools. Just wow. not a fan of water. Huh. Never really been a big fan of water. Hate the ocean. Like the beach, don't like the ocean. That's not yeah. true. I don't like the beach either. But yeah. so I, in the first Meg, because you only watch the first 10 minutes, let me just tell you what happens. Okay. They go down to the Marinara Trench. They <laughs> That little sub gets destroyed. The Meg comes up to the surface, and then it's basically Dwight from The Office teaming up with Lee Christmas from The Expendables and uh, The Rock's brother from Hobbs and Shaw. Just naming okay. all the characters, not the actors. <laughs> Oh my and god, then, wait,
0: hold on. Wait, Spoiler. Clip
1: Curtis. Oh, spoilers for the Meg that came out in 2018. Big,
0: big splash spoilers <laughs> for Jason Statham's The Meg franchise. And The Meg 2.
1: I'm gonna be spoiling The Meg 2. All right, cool. Spo- so, all right. But that whole movie, like, basically, spoilers. a bunch of stuff happens in the first Meg, and Jason Statham, with a little submarine, ends up gutting the giant Meg because he uses the fin that's, like, kind of broken to cut open the stomach, and then a bunch of little sharks come and eat The Meg. Now, Jason Statham, it sets it up in the sequel. He's the only person to fight a Meg and live. So here's what happens in the Meg 2. You find out that in the first Meg, like, the researcher and his daughter, who is, like, Jason Statham's love interest. I don't know if you met her. She was, the, like, the only woman character.
0: Oh, the Asian lady?
1: Yeah, okay, her yeah, and her daughter. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. in the Meg 2, you find out that they that she passed away. A couple years ago, her dad oh. dies in the first one. Oh. So Jason Statham is taking care of the daughter, but she had oh. a brother. A brother that was never mentioned.
0: Oh my god. Also keep in course. mind that there
1: that these movies are based off of five Meg books. There's books. Just letting you know. Um I like your face right now. We could get more Meg content.
0: <laughs> I want no more Meg content. Keep going. I
1: do. So, anyways, the second one, it so it ramps it up because not only Did the brother somehow find a baby Meg and raise it in captivity? But it also sets up very early on that he trained it with clicks, where if he clicks this thing twice, it goes away. You can bet your sweet Bippy that at the end of that movie, that comes back where the Meg is coming at him and he pulls out his clicker and he's like, click, click. Click, click, and you're like, oh my God, is it gonna eat him? Of course it's not gonna eat him. At the last minute, it goes, whoop, I'm not gonna eat you. And then it just swims, swims away. There's a megalodon out in the ocean. That's where they leave the second movie. There's oh, just a giant great. meg who's a, pregnant. Just so, a
0: big, big old cliffhanger.
1: But here's the thing. This is why I love this movie. Not big only does it ocean side cliffhanger. All right. Si- size of a meg. But not great. only does it ramp it up by being like hey last movie there was one meg this time there's going to be three megs a kraken and weird little swimming dinosaurs that can also walk on land
0: that's weird but
1: wow they're, the, really, they're, they're really they're they're really they're really jumping the shark they even jumping more because on uh, top of that they create exoskeleton underwater suits that allow you to get out and walk on the bottom of the Marinara trench. Nope. And I'm I'm out. This is over. <laughs> nope. Come back. Come back. Nope. I'm not done. It gets nope. worse. It I'm gets leaving. worse. Nope. Let me... I'm <laughs> out. Where are you going? I'm out. <laughs> okay, so then this is my favorite scene. This is early on in the movie, and this is, <laughs> this is when I knew that this movie was gonna be the most ridiculous thing. They found this, like, little base at the bottom of the trench that they didn't know about, an unexplored section.
0: Nope.
1: They, they get inside the base, and then the bad guys starts to drown them by flooding one of the sections, right? So Jason Statham is like, I'm going to go out the airlock, and I'm going to swim around the base and come back in the other airlock, and I'll release you guys. And the little girl... This is the most, like, let me just explain something in a movie line I've ever heard. She's like, but won't you be crushed by the pressure? And this other girl is just like, actually, that's not how it works. It's not about the pressure. It's about the oxygen. So if he breathes out of his sinuses, the oxygen won't collapse and it won't crush him. The pressure of the water has nothing to do with it. That is not how science works. So he swims out. He swims out of the facility. This is the best scene. In the- this is one of the, my favorite scenes because it's so stupid. He not only does Jason Statham swim out of the facility at the bottom 25,000 feet under the ocean, he gets into the facility only for a bad guy to be there so they can fight each other to add more suspense before he can save the people. In the- <laughs> but then then the guy he's fighting, lives, gets one of those mech suits Walks out of the base, grabs onto, like, this balloon, and releases it, and it shoots him up to the surface at, I like, want, lightning speed.
0: I want nothing to do with this film.
1: Okay. And then there's a scene later so on the where they go on this. they go to Fun Island, and on Fun Island, there's all Fun these tourists. Island? That's what it translates to. This is a Chinese-American-made movie. Um... They, Jason Statham rigs up these like explosive harpoons, grabs this, a jet ski, and is like, "I'm gonna go fight the sharks. I'm gonna lead them away from the island." And literally, as one of the sharks is breaching, he hits a wave, jumps over it, and throws the spear down at the head, and it blows up the shark's head.
0: Wait, he literally jumps. He jumps. A he shark? literally
1: jumps the shark.
0: Kevin. I'm back in, baby. He literally <laughs> jumps the shark. The metaphor is there. All right, we're self-aware. This movie,
1: okay, I'm back. This in. movie. I'm going to make you watch it okay. with the edibles this year, Great. this season. I think this is going to be it. the movie we watch high. And I don't want to spoil any more because I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> again, it's the same thing right, with like that's fine. Godzilla, King Kong, that's fine. Uh, any like big, like Pacific Rim, you know, like I, yeah. there's something about like Kaiju, giant robot, like Gundam, like Megalodon. Yep. And I think why I like the yep. Megalodon movies so much is because I am terrified of the ocean and terrified of sharks that so like, it's a
0: good horror the, film for you.
1: Well, it it makes me feel a, a little bit more comfortable. As not even close. I just like watching because I'm like, I would never, I know for a fact, 100% when I watch these movies, I would never, ever in a million years be in that situation. Yeah. And that makes me so happy that I can watch a movie and be like, this will never happen to me. Oh ever, God. ever, 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 ever. And that makes me feel good. Crazy. All
0: right. <laughs> Look, man. I, th- I think we, we've we've summarized a few nice things. Uh, I definitely want to reserve talking about the bear until I finish it. Mm. Um, I think this is actually what a great introduction to season one of the Umpa Chaos. It's well, like like I've said to you, you are merely but a frog in a pot of the water of my insanity, which we will slowly turn up the degrees on <laughs> as seasons go on, Odie it, You're you're eventually going to be boiling in my thoughts and crazed whims. <laughs> um what were your what's what's your jam this week Cody? well just um, give me two things then If no, it's a lot i'm gonna just give you all of them two.
1: no i'm gonna give you all no you've um, got to give
0: me your jams quick because i have to pee
1: why don't we just take a break for a second no i don't i'm not gonna take i'm taking my time um <laughs> your bladder your problem <laughs> uh well okay then i also saw this week i saw team and tea which we're gonna talk about i think next week um we went to go see talk to me but walked out of the theater 10 minutes in oh great uh not because of the movie uh because we somehow on a friday night ended up in a movie theater full of a bunch of fucking kids a bunch of teenagers oh, that wouldn't shut up uh, They we were talking like at this volume during the movie wow so we walked out and politely asked the manager we were just like hey like not your guys's fault but our theater's just really loud can we just like can we just get a refund we're going to come back tomorrow or something yeah. and they kept right, apologizing, cool. and every time they apologized, I was like, "Dude, it's not your fault. Like, they're just fucking kids. They're like, I don't even know how they got into this R-rated movie." You're like, um, "It's
0: fine. It's just a bunch of kids. We don't want to sit through it. We'll come back." Yeah, I just yeah. it was a
1: like full theater, and I was like, yeah. I, I "We're I in like, the minority here, so whatever." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I watched the bear. But okay, jams this week. Honestly, the one that I really want to talk about is Post Malone's new album, self entitled Austin. Uh, yep. Post Malone's real name is Austin. Uh, look, yep. i I've been very open about how much I love Noah Khan. Uh, Post yep. Malone is my second favorite artist of all time next to yep. no, next to Noah Khan. His album. This is the first album from him that I really feel like he, and, and if you listen to this album and then you listen to his, like why he wanted to be on dial drunk with Noah Khan, it makes yeah. sense. This album is very, I want to say emotional. He's got lines like, you know, time, like, I don't, I'm not even going to anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is, I feel like this song he like really leans into the emotional weight of his lyric writing, which is funny because he has said in interviews he writes about sixty to seventy percent of his lyrics on the toilet. Yep. Um, or on mushrooms. You, yep. Yeah, which those two things, perfect. Yep. Right. Uh, but yeah, if you like Post Malone, if you liked his like previous albums, or even if you don't like, honestly, if you don't like Post Malone's music, I would consider giving this album a try because it's it's a very different feel from his normal his normal music. Like it's very yeah it's very emotional driven it feels like so i would i would that's that's been my jam
0: that's my jam too i actually love the album front to back i'm totally (gasps) with you so what i'll do is i'll add on to that and say my well do actually my favorite song is probably the i like the first two tracks back to back because mm. melodically they're sim- like uh melodically they're similar but they they approach that style of writing a little bit differently i really like them um but uh and, and i love green thumb what a great song but mm. uh my my jam this week was the fact that post malone bought the most expensive magic <laughs> the gathering card two ever million for two million dollars yeah but And a lot of people are like, I think a lot of people would look at this and be like, oh, this is crazy. You know, I think what's crazy is Barbenheimer weekend. What's not so crazy is that Post Malone, a lifelong player of Magic the Gathering who loves that, like, pastime, right, and another guy who's been playing his entire life happened to cross paths over a really fortunate happenstance there was this one of one ring it was serialized it's the only one that's ever getting printed it got printed and it got sent out in an english pack of magic the gathering cards it could have ended up in north america or canada it ended up in canada the guys from toronto He gets the pack. He opens it up. You can see in the video his hands shaking like he knows like it was a life changing moment. It's like winning the lottery. So like Mm. and most of Magic the Gathering, there's a little bit of like an RNG type level to it and that you don't know what's going to be in the packs that's always how the game's been it's been like that since the 90s but he opened the pack that had this one card in it that people had already put out offers on of like cassius marsh put out a million dollar offer Uh, store in spain put out a two million dollar offer and he got a lawyer and said i'm gonna reach out to post malone and i'm gonna have i'm gonna see what he wants to offer for it." and post malone was like you know what i do want that it means a lot to me, and he's such a positive person
1: mm-hmm. that he
0: was like, "I'm gonna pay what the highest offer is for it," which is,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which was two million at that point. So mm-hmm. he decided he would pay the two million. Guy comes out, meets Post Malone, who he loves. He's a mm-hmm. fan, right? He's a fan of Post yeah. Malone and Magic the Gathering. He gets two million dollars off of it, right? It and totally changes Juan. his life. Yeah, like everything about that is just such a feel good tale. Oh, dude, and in, like, I love, ugh, I love it in in like in in 2023 I want as many of those things as I can possibly get not that I'm like going to go seek them out and purposefully consume them yeah. to make myself feel better about the world but when that comes my way it only brings me joy because I'm like oh damn that's awesome yeah. like I'm going to go play in a magic draft today and then 2 weeks from now I'm helping out with a tournament and then like you know so like I'm like I'm in that culture I like Post Malone I feel like everything about that story was just great and no matter who you are you can kind of like If you take in all the details of it, you're like, wow, that's just nice, you know? Yeah. And really meaningful. So, yeah, that's my jam this week.
1: I love Post Malone because I've seen so many videos of people meeting him, and, like, he's clearly a stoner, like, obviously. Oh, yeah. And, like, he was really, really high one interview, and this guy, like, was meeting him, and he was signing something, and the guy was like... You know, I'm a big fan. Like, I love your music. And Post Malone was like, Oh, thanks, man. But, like, he definitely looked at me, he was like, thanks, man. Oh, oh yeah. I appreciate no. that. Yeah, he genuinely everybody...
0: will take time to, like, say yeah. thank you.
1: Well, on that video in the comments, everyone's like, oh, my God. We need to, like, what's wrong with Post Malone? Like, he looks like he's, like, struggling. It's like, no, dude. Like, you've just never seen somebody high as fuck? Like, what? Yeah. Like, I... dude. Any other interview with Post Malone, he's not like that. He clearly was, he was smoking a joint at the concert when he was singing, and then afterwards was probably just high when people were meeting him. Let's,
0: and that's, be, that's how I want to meet him. The, <laughs> the, the, the comment sections are never, are not no. getting better. Uh, no. but I will say all. that's a good metric. Uh, if comment sections start to improve in like the 2020s, we know <laughs> that the world's getting better. Maybe that's, that'll, uh, let's leave it on a nice note today. I think that's a nice note. We should end right nice there. Nice note. We should end on okay. a happy note. I'm smiling. You're smiling. We're, We're both smiling gonna go have good days
1: together.
0: You know? Hopefully, I'll have more of oh the singing. All right. We're Wait.
1: Smiling, to- smiling together. Amazing. I love it.
0: All right. Perfect. I'm stopping
1: right now.